Hey there, NFT Curious listeners. Today is a very special throwback episode. Not a rerun of our previous content, but a special look back at the incredible experience we had producing NFT LA for the very first time back in March this year. Wow, it seems like a decade ago. Everything moves so fast. That having been said, we've not been resting on our laurels since that incredible event took place. We've been diligently planning for the next iteration. NFTLA 2023 is set for March 20th to the 23rd next year. It's going to be bigger, better, and bolder, yet just as intimate and impactful as before. Today's interview features the amazing Steve Aoki being interviewed by the equally amazing Neil Strauss, two great thinkers and leaders in NFT and Web3. This interview focuses on Steve Aoki and his pioneering work integrating NFTs into his music and entertainment career. Stay tuned and enjoy. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Now, to close out the day on the highest of notes, our final keynote, the magic and mayhem of building community in a Web3 world featuring Neil Strauss and Steve Aoki. So here they are, author Neil Strauss and music producer and executive Steve Aoki. Awesome. Thank you all for being here. This festival is so wild. It started, I think Steve and I were one of the first people to sign up for this, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know when you did it. I thought I'd be in a small conference room. I didn't think I'd be in like this massive space with all these people at this sold out event. I'm just going to stare at you. Uh, stare at me. <laughs> yes. But it's cool. There's a saying that we're early, but I think we're right on time. And seeing how quickly this festival sold out and all these amazing people here. Congratulate yourselves for being here. I'm really proud and excited to be with the man sitting next to me, who you all know, one of the best DJs, and certainly, if you haven't seen him, see him tonight, one of the best performers in the world, as far as I'm concerned. We first met at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, something crazy That's like that. That's right. The Fun. founder of Dim Mac Records, a spectacular artist who's worked with every legend of the last quarter century. Also, and most importantly for tonight, a lifelong collector and DJ and a Web3 trailblazer with Aokiverse. Please welcome Steve Aoki. Neil Strauss, my favorite author, is a all time, I mean, honestly, you're brilliant. Yeah, and we've never yeah. gotten to sit in chat, so I'm really excited. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. The great thing about this is I get to ask the questions I've always wanted to ask. So, let's, so we'll start with the idea that how do you transition from being a collector of physical objects to digital objects and enter this NFT side of the space? I've been a collector since I can remember. Even when I was a teenager, I was into comic books. I was opening up cards. I got really big into vinyl because I was in bands and that's what we do is get records of our favorite record labels and get whole sets. And now it's been a culmination of all these different collections in my house. So my house is one huge like museum of all these different collections when it comes to vinyl, books, cards, shoes, and art. I have art all over the walls. And during COVID, I was stuck at home. And that's when... 
I got back into cards and I understood the value of cards and I loved them because they were smaller than a big painting. Right. But then they were like sometimes comparable to the same prices of some of these expensive pieces of art I had on my walls. Right. Some are more expensive. And you can't have a lot of paintings. You can have a lot of cards and you can have a lot of NFTs. Yeah. So yeah. basically I was like, oh, this is like miniature art. And I started accumulating them in safes. And I was like, oh, this is very cool. I'm becoming a hoarder of different sort. And then at a certain point, I was like, it's just too much. I need to vault. This is too many cards. So I started vaulting the cards in a different location. And now majority of my high-end cards are somewhere else. And I have a high-res JPEG of the card wow. that says I own it. And right. then if I'm like, oh, I, the price has gone up of my Michael Jordan rookie card. Let's sell it. I don't have to really do anything. The vault deals with that, right? Right. Because it's cumbersome to sell these things. Right. And that was the same time I got into NFTs is when I started vaulting cards. This is like summer 2020. And then I'm like, whoa, it's a natural evolution for me to go from a high-res JPEG of a card I own that's in a vault in a safe somewhere. Right. To buying a digital piece of art that the market has dictated that it's this price. At that time, I got into Bored Apes Summer 2021, that was a little bit later. So I was started getting into it. I, actually, CryptoPunks was the first thing that my friends were telling me about. And I was like, oh, this is a very easy evolution for me to buy these JPEGs. And then when I started seeing that you can sell them like cards, I was like, okay, this is something I could easily get into. And then boom, I got in and I got in big. It's, I, a, it's a sickness. Who here I, has that, that sickness? I, I've, Right? It's so deep. Who yes. feels like their life is not the same now that they're in the NFTs than it was before? One thing yeah. I learned actually talking yeah. about this is like, I remember, so I got a CryptoPunk in summer 2021. And one of the things I always said when I got it was like, fuck, I wish I got it earlier. Because right. my friend was telling me in late 2020, you need to get a CryptoPunk. They're like 20 grand, whatever it was. And I was like, 20 grand? And then February, I'm like, okay, that makes more sense. Okay, now I'll get one. And I didn't get one. And then wow. I got one in July when it was like 50 ETH. I got a 50 ETH one. And I was like, well, you know what? I guess I should put it up for sale, but I'm going to put it up at a high price that no one's going to touch. Right. So I put it up for 300 ETH. And then 21 days later, it sold. I'm like, it's crazy. Well, I mean, this Un- is wild, right? Yeah. At the same time, and that was when I was buying. So I bought three, four board apes at six ETH. And I thought that was kind of crazy. It's like 20 grand for a board ape at that time. But I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a couple. I bought like 12 world women. I went in on a couple of different projects. I even went big on Oniforce. Still believe in them. I bought an 88 ETH Oniforce. Wow. You know where that's at right now. But it's but a great project and I like the art. I love the project. I still believe in it. I, I'm not tossing them. I'm holding. I'm a bag holder at the end of the day. I only sold one board ape. Yeah. I have 10 now. I'm still buying them. But anyways, yeah, I just, I just digress cr- you never forget your first NFT and you never forget that first sale and it sort of hooks you into it. How much do you think is that the dopamine spikes and how much is the art it all comes together? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, that's one thing I've learned is to like not FOMO in so much because I FOMO'd in and I lost a lot. You know, I yeah, buy who, the who's, top. Who's and FOMO'd then, in and, and made a mistake there? Yeah, you really learn emotional you, control. Well, here's the thing. Like, when people ask me, what kind of advice do you give to people that are just coming in? I'm like, I need to give myself the same advice. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I'm like, yes, don't FOMO in. I FOMO in. Right. I'm like, do your research on the founders. Do your research on the creators. And I'm like, everyone's buying shit. I'm going to go in. And then I didn't do the research, right? right? I think one of the lessons I've learned is 
like I have a really great network of people that are collectors, massive collectors, and also digital artists and musicians like myself, and like this kind of very, very diverse range of different kinds of people that it gives me a lot more insight to now what I buy. You yeah. Know? And, and it's hard. It moves so fast. If you take the time to research, you might have missed the window. Exactly. Yeah. So sometimes you're like, all right. And the other thing I learned, the other lesson I learned is never buy just one. If you have the opportunity to buy more, because when I bought that one crypto monk and it sold, I'm like, oh, I wish it didn't sell. Like, I kind of wish I didn't put it up for sale. But then I was happy for the sale, clearly. But right. uh, that's when I bought two. So I right. took that, all that profit. I bought two more. Right. And then that's when the board ape, I'm like, I got to buy four board apes. I can't just buy one. So what's the optimum? <laughs> if this is not advice for yourself, yeah. what's the optimum number that you're going to buy now? And Sometimes, what, what does each one mean? I mean, some projects I've gotten like 30. Right. You know, like World of Women, I got 12. I thought that wasn't enough. Right. Especially when I was talking to Logan Paul and he bought like 40 or whatever. And I talked to Gary Vee about some projects and like he goes in, like there's always someone that goes in bigger than you. Right. That believes in it bigger. Like, oh, should I have invested more into this project? And then sometimes you go deep. Like I went deep on creeps at the top. It was like nine, 10 ETH. I spent a lot on that. And that right. thing just went down. I mean, I'm still holding, but right. I'm still having to talk myself off the ledge on some projects. And now being more careful, I haven't like aped in too hard on certain things, but always looking. And I was going to ask you, but I'm really curious because this will help us with the direction of these next questions, which is how many people here go as hard as Steve in this or would consider themselves sort of degens and go deep in this? A few people. How many people would like to? All right, so let's... You know, here's a funny okay. thing, like, you know, because I see what's happening on the internet, and they're like, Steve Aoki's buy always buys at the top. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I see that shit, it's like, it makes me laugh. And, like, I see in the comments, like, yo, man, you always buy at the top. I'm like, yes, I believe in it, you know? Like, I don't want it to drop, you yeah, know? You become like, the top signal, everyone follows your wallet. Then, yeah, as soon as you buy, they all sell. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, come on, I'm supposed to, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, man? It's such a funny uh, world because it's so transparent. People know what a bad or good decision maker you are. This is what I love about it, though, that every transaction is open. You can't hide it. It's there. I like that. Yeah. I do like that. But don't sell. Join me. Yeah. <laughs> That's all of you. So let's talk about the transition from collecting to creating. Yes. Yes. And go hit it. All right. So... Hey there, NFT Space Cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership 
not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole-enchilada NFT service can help you, yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. So let's talk about the transition from collecting to creating. Yes, yes. Go hit it. All right, so in this world, very different than other worlds, in all other collectible worlds, there is a very, very different distinction between the collector and the creator. Shoes, for example. There's people that buy shoes and resell shoes, and they get very popular from that, like Benjamin Kicks, or even like stores like Kith, or you know, they, they grow in this world of the secondary. Not saying Kith is secondary, but like I'm just saying, like the collector doesn't become the creator, doesn't become Nike. Right. You it's a very life. clear distinction. It happens in cards. There's like a massive market of the secondary with these card shows, like the national and things like that. And there's the card companies like Pokemon. In, in my case, MetaZoo, which is a TCG that I'm a partner in, you don't go from collector to creator. It just doesn't happen. Historically, it just doesn't happen. And by exception, it happens. By exception. I try to break that whenever I can. That's where I feel like the entrepreneurial spirit in what I've done is always like, okay, I'm going to really immerse myself in the industry. I always try to find a way. How do I actually innovate or be creative part of the whole culture, right? That's where I stand. But Yeah, and maybe it's that because it's, well, if I love music, I want to make music. That The art side pulls you in as well. Yes. Yeah, so it's actually natural. Like when I was making records, making music when I was 16, I made my first demo. I was at the same time, I was making a T-shirt in my mom's closet, emulsifying the ink and doing the whole thing and selling the T-shirt. And then going, oh, this is actually a merch business and understanding what that looks like and being part of that. But the main difference is NFT world, the collector creator is actually can be the same. And it's very normalized that the collector becomes a creator. The barrier of entry is open, it's accessible, and it's like you hear a collector or someone in the industry that's part of the secondary, a voice of the secondary. It's very common for that person to also become a big creator. And, and, Very normal. And this is crazy. Who's going to Steve's? I think you're doing a show tonight, which is the first show ever for people who hold your passports to Aokiverse, correct? Right, yes. Yeah, yes, which is yeah. pretty cool transition. So if you can, is anyone here uh, holders of Aoki credits or uh, the passports? Awesome. Looks I like love there's that, a, man. I love that. I love seeing that. <laughs> for real. You, Thank you, guys. Let's get the rest of you on secondary to come to the show with the wisdom tonight. Yes, yeah. I got a show tonight, guys, if you guys want to come yeah. out. It means a lot to me because it's the very first Aokiverse exclusive show that we're doing, obviously with Aokiverse. So if you guys well, don't know what Aokiverse is. Let's break it down yeah, yeah, sure. talk about yeah, how it works. Yeah. yeah, right. So Aokiverse is a membership community, and that's what I've realized. I think one of the other things I've told a lot of different creators, different artists that are jumping into NFTs is clear that a lot of artists are jumping into NFTs. I'm like, one, obviously you have to understand what community means, what utility means, what roadmap means. We already know that conversation. I think the next thing that you really need to understand is what is your service? 
And how do you amplify that well? Like, you have to understand what people really want. So for me, it's like, okay, I do shows. I'm a musician. I'm an artist. That's clear. I'm going to obviously offer that. But I realized in understanding what Web3 is, Web3 and Web2, the two worlds are very different in that Web3 is a relationship you have with people. Web2 is a fandom, fan club, one-way conversation. I make music. You listen to it, whether you like it or not. If you don't like it, you don't listen to it. If you don't want to go to the show, you don't come. Web3 is like there is a two-way conversation, and you have to actually participate in that conversation. So I actually tell artists, you need to be more participatory than you've ever been before. Actually, this is all new. So most artists don't know to be participatory. This is gold, what you're saying, gold. So that's the big difference between Web2 and Web3. And that's going to change artists thinking about how they can actually be more than just the music and just this. This is what Aokiverse is all about, is that what we realize is that I've been part of, for the past eight months, leading up to Aokiverse, I've been so deep in the Web3 communities I've created so many amazing relationships and partnerships with, to me, blue chip projects that there's a whole network in Web3 and I already have a whole network in Web2 because I've worked with so many different brands and institutions and companies that want to deal with Web3 and Web3 projects and institutions and people that want to deal with Web2. So we have this massive network and it's really diverse. I mean, I'm in so many different industries that that's really where the value is. That's what Aokiverse right, is all about. Right. It's not just the shows and the fan club experience. It's much more. It's about the network. Like what we did, we launched Aokiverse and we delivered on a allow list of incredible projects, Bapeverse, because I've done a collaboration with Bape, so they gave us a allow list. World of Women Galaxy. We know them, we deal with them. They gave us a allow list to World of Women. Gala Games, they did The Walking Dead. Snoop Dogg with Sandbox. Todd McFarlane and I started a marketplace called OddKey. Todd McFarlane is the creator of Spawn, right? And that whole world. That's what the first thing we did was like, we got to bring this access, the network. That's what people want. Let's deliver the goods. Let's deliver that. And so that's what we realized that's the value. You have to understand the service. Right. You have to understand what they want. Because once again, Web3 is ownership. If they don't want it, they're going to sell it. And that's beautiful. Let the market, let the people dictate if it's a value to them. And if it's not, they'll sell it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And And if it's great, it should go up. It's like Gary Vee's V-Friends. Right. And a lot of people don't get that, that there's way more to it, that you're buying this image. It is not a fan club. That's what I've realized. And I tell artists this too. I'm like, yeah, Aokiverse model is not a fan club. It's a social membership. And this is something you can apply to your world because there's so many different worlds. Like, let's say I was talking to like Supercar Blondie, who's, she's all big into cars. She's got this whole car world. Like, she's got an incredible network. Like, I could help you build that for all those people that love cars. There's so many different people that have so much to offer in their world where like this person here is like, I love certain cars and certain car access to those companies then you should join that network. If you love this, you know what I mean? Like, that's what we do, right? And so we have a couple of minutes left. So what's at the end of your roadmap? What's the, at the current end, these keep evolving? The multiverse. Okay. The idea is that these memberships, that these communities, what we're already building, we're all interconnected. So 
as we develop, as we grow into the space, when we launched Aokiverse, we launched with 24 different projects allowing whitelists into our space that we work with, whether it's like Doodles or Jenksy Squad or Blau or Fuck Render or Wisby or whatever it might be. That's how we started because it's all about sharing our communities, making it larger. Web3 is small. It's still micro. Right. In terms of the macro, it's still very micro. One of the most beautiful things I've seen so far is how much these projects and people have so much harmony in working together. Right. It's not like, this is my tech, you can't touch it. You know, like, Aokiverse is an amalgamation of all these different groups that we're working, whether it's yeah. like the hundreds, Atom Bomb Squad, Gary V's, V Friends, all these different things. We're all kind of like sharing ideas, like stacking on top of each other. So we actually have sustainability. What makes it work is it's cooperative, not competitive. Right. Yeah. And I think like as long as that spirit continues to grow, and that's where like being part of this new frontier allows us to have this harmony because we're so small, we have to. We have to. We have to work together. The hope is that we continue to have, maybe it's all about having these micro worlds in the macro world so that we can all have these interconnected communities where we're all working together, we're all supporting each other. And that's essentially where I want to see the Aokiverse community and our network connecting with other micro networks and we're all fusing together and we're all working across the lines and doing all different kinds of fun activity, engagement, access, the things that we love to experience because that's what life is, is experiences. What I give at my shows is an experience. I hope to God I give them a fucking great experience. That's my end goal. It's like, I want people, you know, the person I cake in the face, I want them to be like fucking screaming. Everyone's like so excited. They leave. They're like, 10 years ago, Steve Aoki kicked me in the face. Best night of my life. That's the kind of experience I want to deliver. You know what I mean? I want to fucking make you feel something. That's the most important thing, most important lesson in life is to amplify your fucking feelings. Like, feel it. That's all we fucking have is these memories, these moments, these experiences that matter to us. I'm so fucking lucky to be able to play shows. I am like constantly amplifying my emotional chords to the world, my feelings out. It never gets old. I do 200 shows a year, 15 years straight. Never broke below 200 shows around the world. I never got fucking jaded. I never fucking was ungrateful. I was grateful every fucking day I was on stage because I'm so lucky to do what the fuck I get to do. Connect with so many people. You know, like how lucky is that to feel something? And the beauty is I'm connecting with a stranger. Like someone I don't know. We're like eye to eye, focused and crying or like having emotions, screaming. And they're ripping their fucking shit off. And they're like, cake me. I'm like, yes. And I'm like, we fucking connected. We had like bigger than sex. It was like a fucking real connection. And that's like why fans exist because like they want to feel that. I'm a yeah. fucking fan to feel. Sorry, I got really into it, but that's what the, yeah, we love that. That's what it's here for. We need that. And we need that in the space a lot. Thank you. And so last question to close things out, and this is an important question for all of you to think about as well, which is there is so much money being generated in the space. Someone can do a mint and make tens of millions of dollars in half an hour. So when that's attracting a lot of big companies, and we're in this golden, beautiful moment right now. So what can we all, you, me, everybody sitting here, what can we do to preserve exactly what you're talking about it and keep 
Web 3 from becoming Web 2, where the small players move in and create a stranglehold on everything? Web 3 is innovation and maneuverability. You have to move fast. Institutions, especially large ones, they can't move fast. They can try. They're too clunky, too big. There's a lot of, like, you have to cross all these different yeses to make a bigger decision. That's why Adidas works with G-Money. That's why Nike goes to Artifact. It's the innovative people that are maneuvering fast, understanding what people want, thinking ahead, making that decision ahead. Because that's all what we do, right? We create something we're like, I think this is what people want, right? And then, no, it's not, and it fails, right? But like the artifacts with Clone X, the Bored Apes, whatever it might be, these are people like us with ideas. They grow it. And then the Nikes and, like we said, like all the large institutions, they have to use us. They have to work with us. I don't think it's problematic to work with a large company at all. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be the most innovative people that are nimble, quick to move, understanding what people want. And they're the ones that can make it happen. So I think we're safe there. At least that's my hope. Awesome. Big round of applause for Steve Aoki for being there and sharing this gold with all of you. Thank you. Thanks, Neil. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We hope you enjoyed that cool throwback from NFTLA number one. Don't forget, NFTLA 2023 is set for March 20th to the 23rd next year. Going to be bigger, better, and bolder, yet just as intimate and impactful as before. Tickets are already getting snatched up and at really great prices right now. You can get yours at nftla.live right now. Don't sleep on it. Okay, we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship, so invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us, and say something cool. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.